everyone, we're Lana Mercedes and we're the Onion Peelers. Today, our topic of choice is pain. Uh, and then specifically, pain um, and how it relates to a very often used saying or phrase, especially in the yoga world, of listen to your body. Oh, this is going to be a juicy one. Oh, this is going to be a big, fat, multi-layered onion. <laughs> so, let me ask you the following. Lana, are you ready to peel that onion? Mercedes, <laughs> let's peel that onion. All right, let's do it. Uh, so, where to begin? Well, let's begin. Um... Let's begin by telling everyone that sadly today we don't have a free piano concert because oh, Lana right. has moved houses to a beautiful new place. So we're recording it from her new house and the cats are all around the microphone. So <laughs> yes. probably you'll hear paws and purrs and things. Yes. But no piano concert. So if you'd like to enjoy the free piano concert, you have to listen to either the Obstacles or the Clashes podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we'll, we, we will miss... Uh, we will miss bus. We will miss bus. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with a little bit of... We'll start with a little bit of science. Um, I think maybe if we start with the... <laughs> cats. If we start with the definition of pain. So the standard definition of pain, the one that's used by the International Association for the Study of Pain, IASP, uh, goes as follows. Pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. This uh, definition, of course, is a lot of people who don't agree with the definition, mostly because it's really difficult to encapsulate what pain is. Mm. You're always gonna you're always gonna leave some aspect of pain out of the picture, or kind of like open to interpretation. Yeah, or also not narrowing it down enough. Because um, back in the, I think this was like ten years ago or something. Doctors started to introduce as one of the vital signs so if you go to the hospital or go to the doctor they check your vitals and now in more recent years they've added to those vitals pain uh so then they ask you on a pain of zero to Mm. ten uh, like to take it as part of of a diagnosis or something exactly okay so it's it is considered now to be one of the vital one of our vital signs even though there and that within this there's also a huge amount of controversy because pain is incredibly subjective and your experience of pain is highly subjective so it's uh, really difficult to be um objective about it so the fact that it's taken as a vital sign is kind of yeah because maybe for someone is five and for another person is two and for another person is ten exactly maybe all of these people came in with like a stab wound to the stomach but (laughs) yeah (laughs) but they all experience the pain of that injury in a different Mm. manner yeah and we'll talk about why that's Mm -hmm. that's possible because there's all sorts of uh, psychosocial factors that influence how we experience pain well so there, there's a couple of different definitions that have been proposed one that mercedes and i uh, liked was a um a definition proposed by um let me see real quick williams and craig uh and they describe they give a they propose a different definition and their definition is as follows Pain is a distressing experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage with sensory, emotional, cognitive, and social components. Wow, they even bring the social components in it. That's interesting. And the cognitive components. Also, yeah. Right? I think that's... Um, is this Williams and Craig a, a scientist or yeah. a psychologist? Or? I'm not exactly positive about that. But okay. I would assume that they are... Anyway, we, we like uh, this interpretation. Yeah. 
But I also really like there. So there's a review <clears throat> written by Cohen uh, Kinter and Van Rijswijk. And the review is called Reconsidering the International Association for the Study of Pain, Definition of Pain. And I really like their... Um, so they basically reviewed all of these different people's um, proposals for changing or critique of the IASP definition. Mm-hmm. Which is the first one that we read the to one. the audience. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, they based on everything that they read and all of the kind of arguments for and against they came up with this definition so they proposed this uh, revision to the definition and it reads as follows pain is a mutually recognizable somatic experience that reflects a person's apprehension of threat to their bodily or existential integrity mm. that's a nice one and this is coming from. This is coming from uh, Cohen, Kinter, and Van Rijswijk. Mm. Oh, we have a Dutch in there. Well, they have a Dutch last name, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is a, from 2018. Okay. Article. Yeah, wow, what a subject, huh? Yeah. It's like everybody knows what it is, but no one can really make like a solid, tangible description and confirm really what it is for everybody and how many different sorts and yeah shades of pain there are and yeah yeah well i think that also kind of leads us into this idea because today we're talking about this this uh definition in relation to the phrase listen to your body um and i think then we need to consider pain uh, in relationship to that phrase, but, uh, pain in in terms of how it how it gets defined or how it can be uh, experienced and in different ways by all of us, uh, and I think that what makes this topic kind of sticky is, are three main things that will that will that we should maybe touch upon. So. Right, if we think about what are the types of pain, like if you were to think about pain, how would you describe it? What kind of type, what types of pain are there? Yeah, indeed. I mean, there's different styles and different intensities, but the few that come to mind are like sharp stabbing pain, muscle pain, compression pain, Can you have pain from a broken heart? Oh, man, that's a big one. Yeah. That one is painful, man. <laughs> There's a cat burying itself underneath. These cats are crazy. Person. These cats are not in pain, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, heart, heartache is really, really tough. Yeah. Um, so, and the pain of, or that would be like emotional pain. Yeah, um, like your soul is being ripped apart. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to describe because it's not like you feel it in one part of the body. Well, yeah, sometimes like chest or belly, yeah, throat is a big one also. But it's not only the physical component. Of no, it it's so like, but it's so massive. Yeah, it's like your whole insides are, like the whole inside. It's been vacuumed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the black hole is yeah. vacuuming your whole being. Yeah. And Which is funny because if you think about like love, it's it's the opposite. So then it kind of it kind of makes sense. It's kind of it's funny. It's think uh, it makes me think of the term smita that we talked about. Yeah, that we talked about last. Uh, was it the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we it was clashes, of course. It was relating to ego. Yeah. Funny. Blossoming blossoming and well this is definitely so this not is blossoming the opposite of that yeah um yeah inflammation pain is really yeah painful yeah like uh, what do you call it throbbing pulsating pain oh, like if that, you that think kind of a tooth infection or... i was just about to say that that like the tooth pain That's one of our okay. students knows a lot about that <laughs> oh yeah 
poor Stanny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, and then you have to go down in downward facing dog. Sinus pain. Yeah, that also that's I'm sure that's I never luckily never experienced that, yeah, but that must be very similar. That's terrible. Ear pain. It, that is that's fucked the up. Worst. <laughs> it well, is. Yeah, you can go crazy. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, because it's also kind of like so internal. Yeah. Right? And you can do nothing about it except yeah. for wait until the paracetamol kicks in. Or terrible headaches. Terrible like headaches. Like migraines are also kind of these deep internal pain. But there's also all these other weird symptoms that come with that that make it often unbearable as well. Not just the pain, but the the nausea and the yeah. dizziness and the sensitivity to light. and <clears throat> Yeah, so I think also... If we think about a, a term that we can include in this too would be discomfort. Discomfort is a type of pain. Yeah. And discomfort can happen also on many levels. It can be emotional discomfort, psychological discomfort. Right, I think. Um, but also, it pain, just like pain itself, it can span so many different layers of our being. Yeah. Not just the physical. But do you think, I mean, but I think this comfort, yeah, it has many shades because it could definitely be like just plain painful discomfort. Sometimes it's also like the anticipation to mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. And other times it's just discomfort. Mm-hmm. It's just bringing yourself into a new place. Yeah. Whether if that is a physical place, emotional or cognitive or whatever. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, let's say, negative. No, not at all. Well, growing pains. Oh man, we forgot about those. I got those so bad when I, because I, I don't know what happened to me. Like I grew like ten centimeters at once. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I went to ballet school, and they used to call me the giraffe together with my friend Pau. <laughs> they used to call us the twin towers. This is for real. And uh, my shins, the the pain oh, on yeah. the shin bones. Oh. oh, I had super. Oh, it was like someone was hammering uh, me. Yeah, I had terrible pain in my knees, like the backs of oh, my really? knees and Ooh, my. That's a nasty one. And my thigh bones. I mean, that was. I would get these terrible cramps in my um, in in my calves. Ooh. And I remember laying in bed at night just wailing it was so painful yeah. and my sisters would uh, go get my dad and be like Lana is dying Lana is screaming in, in agony you need to go help her <laughs> yeah but it's, it's that type of pain that you cannot do anything about it like putting eyes on it or all these things they don't work you just kind of like have to yeah you can rub areas of th- those areas as, uh, kind of short circuits the, the pain circuit but yeah, there's not so much that you can do. Mm. Yeah, hope that you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, so these are kind of the different types of pain. But these different types of pain also are experienced by different types of people. So how we define pain, right, discomfort to me or tension to me is going to feel different than it does to you for instance or different than it does to I don't know any any other person on this planet um, and that's because of multiple things I mean if we think of I don't know what are all the things that can affect how we experience pain like as as people what are the what can affect how we see that do you think well, I think where we come from and the way that you've been brought up. Yeah. So you know, complain. like, don't complain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or like, uh, if you don't complain, you'll get a reward, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I have to think of ballet school. Yeah. Like, if you had pain, you just shut up about it because you wanted to keep going or you wanted to get that part. You wanted to yeah. be able to go on stage. Yeah. Um, or you wanted your ballet teacher to like you and see that yeah. you were working hard. Yeah. Um, or I can imagine the opposite, you know, maybe a mom that is overprotective. And, I don't know, maybe asking their kid all the time, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you sure you're not in pain? Yeah. 
Yeah. That that also has some kind of psychological effect on on the actual experience of pain for that yeah. person or their pain tolerance. Yeah. For instance. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's interesting. Is actually, I was reading this article and I came across an interesting uh, little bit of research um, from Summers. And this was a 2002 article and talking about self-efficacy. So self-efficacy is basically the belief that you can successfully perform a behavior to attain a certain goal like a desired goal. And they found that people with a lower self-efficacy, they had a lower pain tolerance. Mm. So that, you know, people um, with more, I guess, self-confidence, you can say, generally have a higher, higher pain, pain tolerance. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, and that's situational, of course. Uh, it, but I think it, sometimes... If we think of like our goal, our orientation to a goal, like we want to achieve something, so then sometimes we, sometimes maybe it's not that we don't experience the pain, that but that we ignore it and we over we cross over boundaries as well, which is not ideal. Like we override it. Well, yeah. not even overriding, but I think. Uh, there's overriding and then there's being careless. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like we can have, we can have a high threshold for pain with, and then respectfully um, play our edge, let's say, let's call it. Yeah. But we can also push and ignore pain and then injure ourselves further, which I know <laughs> all about. Or make things worse, you know. So I think there's something to be said for like, okay, there is pain thresholds, but then there's also um, ignoring pain signals that are very clear. You know, I think those are those are different things. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes we ignore those because, um. I don't know, at least if I think about myself, sometimes I, I, I can doubt myself. That is like, am I really feeling like pain or is it discomfort? Is this something that is just, um, you know, maybe a little discomfort today or... Yeah. But I think that's a good point to hold on to. And let's, let's come back to that because I think that that speaks to this whole idea of listening to our body and how we do that. Which at the end of the podcast, we'll we're gonna give a little have even to. more questions than we started. Even more questions than we started, <laughs> but we'll try to propose a little how to a little how to how yeah. to do that how to listen to our body. Well, so we we're talking about basically different people. So you're talking about cultural norms and how you're raised. Also, um, uh, there's an idea that genetics really play a role in how how we experience pain there are actually people who don't experience pain and this is highly dangerous for these individuals physical pain or not pain in any level not pain in any level wow That's, so people with this are generally the people from the circus who can like stab themselves with sharp implements and stuff and not but feel any pain fine okay so they don't feel pain but if you put the sword in the wrong part of your throat you'll be dead of course that, that's <laughs> also why this is very dangerous <laughs> so actually you know in a way we kind of also need a little bit of pain we in our lives to do. give us uh yeah to show our boundaries a little yeah definitely pain is a it can be a really good and healthy warning <laughs> yeah Oh, man. So these people really don't feel anything? Yeah, there are people that are missing certain receptors and they can't, uh, they don't feel pain. Oh, man. Wow. That's quite, uh, it's really, really rare. I'd have to look up and see how rare it is, but yeah, dangerous. So like when you put your hand on a 
something really hot, there's an automatic reflex in your body. You don't even have to process the fact that you're yeah, feeling you don't pain. Have to you say, just yeah. jerk your hand away. It's not processed in that cognitive sense in the same way. It, it is after the fact, but the, these people don't have that either. Like, there's no... Oh, so these people could even keep their hand in there. They have a dog next door. Did you see the dog eat? No, it's a cat. No, it's a cat. Oh, it's a giant cat. It's a pretty large cat. Oh, my so God. funny. I thought it was a dog. Okay. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Um, okay, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, so genetics. But also, I mean, think about, do you, your pain, your experience of pain, let's say, or the, your threshold to experiencing pain, depending on the weather that at least to me that's massive yes i mean i'm gonna sound like a granny but humid days are terrible for joints (laughs) (laughs) bunions and knees suffer under humidity um cold of course like dry cold oh that's nasty especially for more like the tissues like muscles and tendons depending on on you yeah like at least for myself yeah and then I normally feel better in warmer climates but yeah if you have inflammation in a warm climate it's not ideal yeah I mean who knows like maybe your circulation is better so it is better in some ways yeah who knows but yeah do you have a preference of uh, climate definitely Portugal yeah that's perfect yeah I always I feel I always feel better. In but that's a, like climates. a really nice yeah that's a nice warmth. We're talking about like twenty five twenty eight, and it's dry. Yeah. <laughs> Biku is feeling pain. Um, yeah. Hunger pains. No, because like for example, where I come from in Buenos Aires, it could be forty five, and then you're talking about like ninety percent humidity. Yeah. That's just passing out. So yeah. Washington DC is the same. Oof. Wow. Gross. I just remember trying to put on jeans in that weather. Oh no, no, you don't wear them. Yeah, it's impossible. It's disgusting. Hey Biku, come. What's what's your experience of pain, Biku? Oh. Sit right in front of the microphone and purr loudly. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, also, so we're talking about cultural norms, and of course there's a difference between how pain is experienced in the perspective of the East versus the West. I mean, I think in the West, the most um, overused and most bought product from the market is paracetamol and painkillers, I should just say. Yeah. Yeah, pop a pill for everything, right? Yeah. Just avoid it. I think you were telling me that you know people who... Yeah. Daily. Yeah, or or take the paracetamol before the pain comes. Which is, you know, not a bad thing, but depending on what the pain is. No, but I know, I, I definitely know people that take them pretty much daily. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely cultures that really promote all that stuff. Yeah. South America is very big on self-medication. America. Yeah. Definitely the Netherlands is not. not so no. I learned to appreciate that moving here. No, it's like northern Viking-like cultures. Or <laughs> True. More. It's like, oh, deal with it. Yeah. And if it gets really, really bad, then maybe take half paracetamol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, funny. Well, I think these are all things that... Um, that kind of determine what pain is for for us, uh, for our individual self, how we how we experience it, and what it means to us. But I think a huge factor also has to do with what our relationship is with our body, right? Like, um, if we think of, I think you've said this to me before, people are just like walking around in a meat suit (laughs) yeah i heard that one somewhere it's not mine but i like to use it to borrow it um 
Yeah, definitely. Sometimes people are totally unaware that there's something going on in their bodies. Yeah. Or or maybe they're looking the other way, but Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big one. If you don't have a relationship to your being, your body, your physical, your meat suits, your machine. Yeah. Then how can you take care of it? Yeah. Well, I think then there's also, you have people who are living completely and entirely in their heads or in their emotional body, mm-hmm. run, kind of ruled by their hormones and their ideas. And that, that of course, that's also going to affect their uh, experience of pain and their sensitivity to it, perhaps. Also, that I think there's, right, especially, let's say you're a hypochondriac, every little prickle yeah uh, every little discomfort will send you over the edge yeah yeah and then having said that also for us women the whole hormonal thing really has an impact on how we experience pain yeah hormones do uh, affect uh, literally affect the sensitivity of uh, nerves in our body uh, testosterone tends to dampen pain yeah to minimize uh, it yeah. yeah to desensitize let's say uh pain receptors and uh f- the female hormones <laughs> tend to estrogen tends to have the opposite effect and well, make us more sensitive i learned pain. this the hard way oh, oh yeah <laughs> i went to get waxed yeah. well pms yeah Oh my God, I never experienced pain like that. It's like they were ripping my skin off. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Now I know I have to wait like way, like at least five or 10 days after everything is over because it's like, it's painful. Yeah, definitely. And those Brazilian they, ladies have no, no mercy. No. <laughs> and they, I think they warn you about that too. Like, it's not advisable no. to come around your period. No. <laughs> <laughs> definitely makes us more sensitive too pain Uh, well i mean that and then also um the role of hormones but also well our conditioning which i think we've already kind of touched upon our life experience and our conditioning yeah and culture culture, yeah yeah no but i think too you know as as ballerinas yeah we are also taught to tolerate yeah. a certain level of pain otherwise you can't function as a dancer yeah i mean half of the skin of your feet is falling off and you still have to go up on point yeah 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 absolutely yeah you learn to i guess repress some of that and then your pain tolerance does increase for certain things which i think is also at the detriment of us i think i mean i I know this too from experiences coming from a dance background and then um, beginning with yoga and also having an able body. I'm able to do a lot of things and uh, even doing certain postures, not listening to signals, for instance, in my hip, uh, I have kind of wonky hips. So uh, um, pushing through that pain, ignoring that pain, uh, just because I thought, well, you know, it's not bad and it's not that bad. It's not like my leg is falling off of my body. <laughs> so, I mean, I can breathe. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Like, I often hear, like, if you can breathe normally, then it's like... Yeah, you, that's also, you know, that's very relative. I can breathe pretty well over top of some pain, so... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that if we if we train ourselves to not listen to these signals that we can go I too think, far I do think it's not the majority of people but mm-hmm. people that have definitely have like maybe athletic background yeah. or anything really extreme like this absolutely you kind yeah. of have to keep your eye out for those people a little bit more because yeah. yeah you can train yourself to just suppress all of this yeah yeah, and that's not really the purpose of if we think if we're, if we're talking about yoga practice so it's not the no it's like you start, yeah yeah which I, you know, I realized. Mm. Well, I'm like, this is not. What am I doing? But lesson learned. Um, well, this 
brings us to a really good point, I think. This whole idea of our relationship to our body. Because that brings up the phrase, listen to your body. But there's so much that comes with that. There's like a whole big bag of worms. Yeah, this is a big one. I think also it really depends the context that this phrase is told in, right? Yeah. Because it's like if you see somebody in a posture kind of really struggling and pulling a weird face, and you're like, hey, listen to your body, pay attention. But then you're like, if you're, I don't know, for example, in an ecstatic dance party, and they're like, listen to your body, then that's like an exploration in a different way. Yeah. And then I think yeah. people then relate to that phrase as one or the other. I think also then we talked about this in the kleshas, right? That we tend to do things that are pleasurable for us and to avoid those things that we see as uh, unpleasurable, unpleasurable or that we dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, but then actually if we experience those things that we dislike, we grow. And so we need to be able to uh, find our growing edge. Uh, and finding our growing edge is uncomfortable. There's discomfort and there's pain in that. Um, and so I think that this phrase, listen to your body, has been associated with pleasure. Pleasure, yes, a lot. I mean, I'm sure there's many people out there that use it, let's say it's in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely we tend to go, we tend to go to, yeah, that pleasurable yeah. interpretation. Well, I think too, because if we think about this phrase, listen to your body, the question that arises then is how connected are you to your body and how capable are you of listening to it? Because both you and I have a lot of body experience, Mm. moving relationship to our body as dancers, as uh, yogis. And I still, this is something that I daily have with me on my mat like and of course it's a part of it is self-doubt but it's still there like how how connected am i in this moment to my body how capable if i'm am i of listening how capable of am i am i of listening through the other noise so i think that when this is thrown out as a phrase like if we think of this phrase thrown out in just your regular standard yoga class mm-hmm. let's say on an open led class yeah, yeah then it's not that i want to doubt the ability of people to do this but what i see in front of me in the classroom and what i see of people like walking around on this earth i don't think it's a phrase that can just be used i think it um i don't think most of us know how to do it how do we listen to our body and not be confused with do what, what it should you feel want. like or yeah because yeah, sometimes also we have these uh, expectations that just like you said that everything is supposed to feel good and this is also really a sticky topic in yoga because very often it's like I mean of course it feels good because you grow from it but even the process through the yoga experience can sometimes be also very uncomfortable yeah i mean most of the times <laughs> i mean this morning i died like three times aiming to do a little bit of kaputasana drop back and yeah. it was impossible <laughs> but uh or 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 sometimes it's just so painful to even stand there and pay attention to your breath and sometimes yeah. it's also physically painful because you're experiencing it's like all of your systems are moving into new places, the bones and, and, and the connective tissue and yeah. all, of, all of this stuff. Yeah. So there are so many factors that come into play, the psychological, the emotional, the physical, and being available to listen to all of those things. Yeah. And then also being able to see through the veil of avidya to, okay, what is real and what is important in this moment i think that's a good one is kind of like um yeah discerning and it's also it's a lot of like 
be willing to try and sometimes it's like okay you feel pain and you'll maybe you try a new approach and you try it for a few times and then if it doesn't work then you move on to another approach yeah. as opposed to be stuck like no this is the way that I do it always and yeah I cannot try anything new well like you were saying too before this idea of how something is supposed to feel whether whether we assume that the feeling is supposed to be pleasurable or not that we often do have an assumption of Oh, I'm spo- if I do this posture, uh, of course, we're speaking about yoga postures, um, that it's supposed to feel this way or I'm supposed to feel this part of my body. Mm. But, of course, we also have to just let that go because everybody's body is different. So where you feel something mm. is completely dependent on you. Yeah, and whether that's a sensation of pain or not is... Uh, uh, like a different something different but um these act yeah the expectation of of how something is supposed to feel and then that not matching our perception but also um and then wait hold on to that thought because also what is interesting is that just what we were saying before is different for everybody. So even if like we are talking to each other, I don't know, like I really feel my upper back in this pose and maybe you're like, oh, I feel it somewhere else. Yeah. It's not that one is correct and the other one is not. It's just, yeah. it's going to be different for everybody. So yeah. while we might, uh, you know, recognize each other's experience in some things, you may not on, on others. So, then this is the thing that is difficult for me is that sometimes I doubt myself and I'm like, am I feeling this correctly? Is this yeah. pain? Is this not? Yeah. Is this supposed to be there? Yeah. So it's kind of like this ongoing, well, yeah, it is kind of like an ongoing process of getting to know yourself and yeah. getting to know your body. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, knowing that every day is different. Yeah. Because every day the climate is different. Every day, how much water you had, how much food you had, all these things. I'm sure they have an impact also. Your emotional state. I was just about to say, if you're super emotional, I mean, I'm sure you feel a lot more. Your emotional state has a huge impact of how you, um, not only how you perceive pain, but how you process, like literally how the wiring in your body processes pain signals. It's all affected by your emotional state, by your psychological state. Uh, I mean, if you have fear, fear is a huge uh, determinant of how, of your pain tolerance and your sensitivity to pain. I mean, that, that is, uh, yeah those factors have a huge influence on yeah and that you know that changes from day to day we all those things are always in flux you know we we are never the same no so but what i was going to say you touched upon it exactly so we were talking about moving relationship to um to pleasure as opposed to exploring possibility and what you were saying is that um just exactly that that it's a constant unfolding of getting to know ourselves in the moment. Um, and that, uh, yeah, that we have to be willing to uh, explore, to do a, really a lot of exploration. I mean, our yoga mat is our lab. It is our lab. It's our experiment. But also to explore with attention because yeah. sometimes it's like oh let me see if this works oh it didn't work but it, yeah that, that that's yeah. when mindfulness is so in, really comes into the scene because it's yeah. like are you really fully present yeah or are you just giving into these patterns that you are continuously comfortable with because you feel them all the time yeah a mindful mindful exploration i think that's the whole idea of an exploration of sensation versus pain so if we're talking about pain what is sensation and what is pain um yeah i think that's a huge a huge topic because some of us are 
the the moment that we feel any kind of um, sensation, it's already we, wrong. Exactly, <laughs> it's wrong or or it's dangerous. Or we get uh, there's already an emotional response um, to sensation. So yeah. then we already prime ourselves. And, That's um, very interesting. You can really see that uh, a lot uh, sometimes when, you know, with practitioners. Yeah. That it's already the moment that a little bit of sensation arises. is like the whole expression of whatever posture they're taking changes. It's like it becomes so steady instead of keeping this fluidity of breath. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole anticipation of what's going that's, to come. That's the word. It's like, it's a big anticipation on, oh, this is going to go like this. Yeah. And, but that, it, and that's when we stop being mindful, because yeah. it's like, are you really there? Or are you just yeah. going into the ways that you are Yeah. so, well, not comfortable, but so, yeah, used to feel? Yeah, and I, th- I think that's a really good point, because... We want to be cautious, you know. It's not that pain is a is a really good teacher. Oh man, yes. And pain, like pain, on any level, whether it's physical or otherwise, pain is an incredible teacher. It's a learning experience. This is not to say that we should be experiencing pain in our practice. That's not what no, no, we're no, no, saying no, no. Please, at all. Not at all. Um, but there's there's this idea that you know. Um, pain is is saying that we need to pay attention but it's not necessarily saying that we need to turn and run that's the thing avoiding is never the answer yeah yeah and and it's in this approach of how mindful are you in this moment to listen and to be receptive to the signals that are coming in because if the in the moment that we feel Uh, You know, we're so colored by our past experiences. If I think of uh, pain experiences in, uh, let's say, a joint, whether it's your knee or whether it's your hip, that um, we may associate certain movements with pain. And so we have this um, catalog or even a certain posture with pain or that a certain posture maybe um, resulted in an injury so then there becomes yeah. this whole idea of practicing with anticipation, anticipating the yeah. pain that's coming. It's like, I have bad knees, I'll never do lotus. Yeah. As opposed to, as opposed to let me explore every day, where am I? Where, yeah. How can I enter it? Maybe yeah. I take a different approach or, or maybe today I leave it on. And yeah. Or uh, with a mindful approach of, okay, what, what is this pain saying in this mm. moment? Is this the pain that comes in and says, hey pay attention or is this the pain that says you've already gone too far you weren't paying attention yeah because even this pain of like hey pay attention is not a is not necessarily a bad pain because that's the moment when you really let's say let's take lotus when you're really going to pay attention the way you enter the posture are you going to close your knee first are you really going to lift out through the core so that you know all the pressure is not going down so then that's actually very useful because then yeah. basically you become more skillful on the way that you do something. Yeah. And maybe your neighbor, you know, is totally open, doesn't even need to pay attention to this. Maybe they're yeah. like looking at the fly on the wall while doing it, but then they're going to have something else to. So, in relationship to yoga, at least for myself, just like how you said that pain can be the greatest teachers, I think that. When pain comes, it really forces us to look at something that needs attention. Yeah. And building up from there sometimes can be very painful and, and take a long time. Yeah. But usually, luckily, if we are really paying attention and, and if we have a good teacher uh, that is helping us with this, yeah. we tend to build up in a world that is even more intelligent. Yeah. Well, I think that you bring a really good point i'm talking about the teacher kind of if, if you're working with a, a teacher who has a lot of experience whether it's the experience of uh their self themselves going through certain uh things working through certain things or the experience of having students helping mm-hmm. other students through 
difficult times, whether those difficulties are physical or otherwise, um, that they can really help you to work through uh, work through things, to make suggestions and to help guide you so that you work safely. But that being said, a teacher is not the one that does the work. Not at all. And this is, yeah, this is a big point. Yeah, the, the student. The student we, has to we do have it. To do, the individual has oh, to yeah. do the work. Yeah. They have to be the ones willing to explore and to be open to understanding what's going on in their own body. Because as a teacher, like we as teachers, we can see you and we can see maybe your anatomy and what perhaps looks out of place mm -hmm. or what could potentially be kind of the culprit in uh, setting off a chain of events that lead to a pain sensation, for instance. But just because we can see something from the outside doesn't mean that it matches what's going on in that person's body, right? Also because Definitely. there needs to be an, an exchange of, hey, here's a suggestion, why don't you try this? And then if it doesn't, then as a student, to try it, and if it doesn't work, then to also openly communicate that so that there can also be a growth on both sides of understanding like, okay, that approach doesn't work for me, so now there needs to be exploration in a different way. Yeah, this is this is a very big point. I, I think sometimes students maybe feel a little bit like um, shy about speaking up or sometimes they don't really know, but um, yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. I think also that, that maybe they, students, we rely a lot on our teachers and we want somebody to come with a yeah. solution for tell us. Tell me, tell me what tell to do. Tell me what to do. And... I remember David Kyle saying that to me at some point, like, Lana, you know what to do. I was like, no, you need to tell me what to do. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's really good. And, and David is massive about giving this yeah. independence to the students. So I think that's so important. Because also, I mean, responsibility is a big, big thing in practicing yoga. Yeah. Not just on your mats, but also into... World. other worlds but definitely on your mat it's yeah. like be responsible take charge of your body yeah be responsible for what you feel and how you're going to react to it yeah and if what you did today didn't work and maybe it was a suggestion that you gave i gave or or david gave then also be responsible you know the following day to say hey that exactly. didn't kind yeah. of work what should we try today yeah well i think also that I mean, if we think about it, this ownership, this yeah. ownership of, of our bodies um, really sets the stage also for, um, for developing in our yoga practice, whether we're on the cushion, on the mat, or walking out in the world, like the ownership of our actions and our reactions and yeah. how we live within this body and within the space around us like it, it all starts with ownership so i mean it can really start with the simple even the, just the simple physical connection the ownership of our physical self yeah, it's kind of like get your house in order first yeah. before you like the microcosmos into the macro yeah 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 i think that's a great uh that's a great point so I think before, before we start on our little how-to guide of how to listen to the body, and a lot of those points we've already touched uh, upon, that a big, a big aspect of pain, a big aspect of listening is the psychological aspect, the psychosocial-emotional aspect. Um, because if we think about pain, uh, you know, a big part of it, we've already touched upon a bit, quite a bit of it, is this whole idea of psychological discomfort. And when we talk about the kleshas, right, we also talked about avoidance, so raga and dvesha, pleasure versus pain, avoiding avoidance, avoiding those things that maybe are less agreeable or that we don't like. Um, that that can also not just have a physical basis, but really a psychological 
a basis, uh, that we avoid avoid those things that could potentially cause pain um, in the sense of yeah emotional and psychological growth because that, that stuff is is a huge it, and it shows up a lot in um, I always I, with a place I always see it and not with all students but uh, the biggest place you see it is backbending right the first time I take a student into a dropback I mean, we have one student who <laughs> every time she drops back, she cries. Yes. You know, I think uh, I think it's less now, but um, yeah, it's a world of emotion that can come up. And sometimes we're not willing to have that experience anymore. We're like, okay, uh, when I did this posture this came up for me and I didn't like it mm. I didn't like what I was confronted with so I am not going to do that posture anymore for example are you talking about on an, on an emotional level or all levels on an emotional psychological level yeah not not a physical discomfort yeah I mean sure that we've already talked about that that can yeah. be there definitely but I think some postures have such a powerful impact on our emotional body and yeah. on releasing held and stored yeah. uh, emotion that uh, yeah sometimes we don't like what we see and I think good point I think that this is when it becomes so sticky with the whole yoga scene and the yoga industry and the yoga offerings out there uh, we kind of touch up on this on our last episode but this is the real beauty and strength of the Ashtanga uh, methodology that we we have to work through those postures that uh, yeah. not necessarily feel so good emotionally or otherwise, and 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 we have to work through that struggle. Yeah. While in other uh, styles, you know, it's more like pick and choose and do <laughs> what feels good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love being in pigeon pose for one hour, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what are we gonna get from it? <laughs> I mean, but 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 it's dangerous because I think a lot of people perceive yoga as it is supposed to be feeling like you are in a cloud with a big pot of vanilla ice cream and there's little fairies flying around yeah. you. And sure, there are those moments, of course, you know, when you're, I don't know, some postures just feel so delicious in your body and that's wonderful but you know you will also have others that uh, feel like you're going through war yeah and uh once you overcome that yeah yeah i mean that's so powerful yeah and then just like you say that's that's when you went over the growing pains yeah but uh and then again going back to that uh phrase so when this phrase gets thrown out in the middle of class, like, listen to your body. Yeah, I think a lot of people go into avoiding. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also suffering. Of course, because you're just stuck in your samskaras. Yeah. And, and, and there's definitely no mindfulness to that because it's like, okay, I'm just going to stay in this. Yeah familiar place yeah as opposed to okay this is where i'm at but let's work through this yeah let's explore and see mindfully what's there what's available so this is perhaps a good moment to talk about how to listen to our body <laughs> anyone out there if you have the answer <laughs> send it over <laughs> so we have we have uh, four steps. We have four steps that we've uh, kind of devised, uh, and some of them we've touched on. So how do we listen to our body? Step number one, by learning to pay attention. Yeah. And already that is a practice on its own. Yes. Because it's like... Sometimes it's like just learning to pay attention takes years sometimes. Yeah. Like decade. De decades, decades. <laughs> Lifetimes. Yes. Lifetimes, yes. 
Yeah, and there's so many practices out there that are dedicated to this idea of learning how to pay attention, right? Whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, whether it's qigong, whether it's um, even, you know, sports, paying attention to how our body moves and not just moving for the sake of moving, but... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's so many practices out there that help us even just paying more attention in your daily life when you're walking around to your environment, to the sensations of your body. Like it's not that you have to do anything specifically that's called meditation or yoga, but you can even just develop, um, the skill of mindfulness and awareness in your in your daily life outside of whether you do a yoga practice or meditation or not, practice yeah. or not. Okay, so that's step one. Step one is learning to pay attention. Step two, be willing to experience and to feel. This is a huge one. This is massive, and I think this also goes hand in hand with, uh, how do you say, consistency? Because you kind of need a day-to-day relationship. Okay, but now you are... Am I jumping the gun? Jumping the gun, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> we wrote this so long time ago, I don't remember what we wrote. Okay, that's good. Then it means <laughs> standing behind the words that we say. So uh, if we're willing to experience and to feel, that means there's an openness to explore sensation without labeling. Yeah, like bad pain, good pain. Yeah, that we do in some sense we need to override the psychological conditioning of the nervous system and really that's the importance of for instance tapping into our breath our breath is a main line into the part of our nervous system that really kind of regulates our balance let's say our internal a balance and how we then respond to external and internal cues coming in, whether those are pain cues or not. So understanding um, what is conditioning and what is what is real information, what is yeah, what is colored. real and unreal, yeah, yeah. What, what is, is colored? What is not colored? Oh yeah, That's, again, yeah. Avidya. To remove expectation. Uh, and yeah, really, in, in yoga, we say, Atta Yoga Anushasanam, the experience of now can't happen if we're stuck in the past or the future. Yeah. And, and it's not to say that those things aren't important. Our experience is incredibly important to develop who we are and also to develop an understanding of what does work and what doesn't work that's all important information it's not that we neglect that information when we go into exploration mode like you delete what you felt yesterday of Mm. course not it's it's kind of like you're building this library of experiences so that you have a richer wealth of yeah so that you can compare and you can learn more about yourself yeah as opposed to, okay, today's a new day. I'm not going to pay attention to what happened yesterday. But also not going into a posture and say, hey, I did it yesterday, so today it yeah. has to work. Yeah. I caught my heels in Kapotasana. Today I'm going in, even though all the signals are telling me do not go there today. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, tricky. Okay, point number three. Mercedes already touched upon this. Practice and time. Yeah, consistency is a big one. I think that's massive. I think that kind of makes it or breaks it a little bit. I think Mercedes needs a tattoo that says massive. Massive. I should put it it around my massive biceps. (laughs) I love massive. Massive attack. Yeah. Um, no, but in all seriousness, if if you're only like in, let's say in touch with your body at that level once a week, then 
how can you really learn about all these different shades of pain and sensation and also you have no comparison point it's like okay yeah. i try this approach is it better same or worse you do need that information so yeah. that you know how to yeah move through whatever you're doing yeah and which requires of course consistency and also patience yeah also just life experience it's like you need to do it thousands of times yeah and 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 learn from it yeah yeah and that 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 leads us gives us provides us the ability of doing this really important thing that we in yoga call discernment the ability to see what is real and what is unreal the ability to to understand what information is colored or not colored yeah what is conditioning and what yeah what is real what is unreal and just like you said that's all trial and error yeah that's also it's like okay that didn't work fine yeah. move on yeah yeah so practice people it's a daily thing and when we say practice it's not like two hours a day and you need to you know have an amazing practice every day but it's just like tune into yeah the core of your being tune into the moment the experience of the moment yeah and be open to it yeah number four this is a very important when stuck or pain is chronic that you need to start a dialogue with others especially with a health professional because your teacher is not a doctor please people out there Please, please, please. Doctors are your friends. <laughs> Go and uh, reach out to them when you have an issue. Because, yeah. I mean, also we do get ill and injured and then we have to attend to that. And I should also say, I think, alongside of that, that a lot of chronic physical issues that arise, we ourselves can do something about it. And it, again, takes trial and error it takes consistency yeah. in practice it takes a lot of patience and it takes the willingness to maybe do things in a way that you are not used to so letting go of expectation because uh, again it's taking ownership taking responsibility for uh, this body of ours that takes us through our daily life and how do we best serve our body and how can it best serve us to bring us through our day and our night? And sometimes it requires a little extra help from, yeah, from a professional. Whether that professional is a doctor of Western medicine or... Or not, or alternative. Or an osteopath or a physical therapist or... Uh, an Alexander technique teacher or yeah. a psychologist. These are all um, avenues that we should be willing to explore if it's necessary. Yeah, as a support. Sometimes we need help. Yeah, it's not like... Because then again, it's just like the teacher. The doctor is not going to fix the problem. You also have to you know do the work yourself in this type of of situations i mean yeah. or like if you do therapy psychological therapy you definitely need to be willing to work on yourself otherwise you can sit there and say whatever you want and it's not going to do anything yeah exactly and those therapists like to just have you on their couch for oh your, yeah for a hundred bucks an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah All right, well, that was kind of a, again, a little bit of a heavy onion, Yeah. but it's we, necessary. We diced it, we sliced it, we cooked it up good. <laughs> we cooked it up good. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're going to be launching our podcast officially. You know, this is completely off topic, but when I'm thinking of cooking onions, did you ever have the onion rings at Fritz? 
Are you okay? I mean, I always got my own portion. Do you know that they don't have them anymore? Are you kidding me? No. I'm going to call him. I know the owner. I will tell him, like, get those damn onion rings they back in the menu. Anymore. They haven't had them for a long time. It's highly disappointed. I hope that somebody from Fritz is listening to this. And Stein, Stein Halaistein, you know who you are. Bring those <laughs> onion rings back. Well, right now, sadly, all Horeca places are closed. Well, but actually, Fritz, Fritz uh, delivers the Thursday yep. to Sunday. Yep. We, uh... We had it this weekend. Oh, yummy. Mm. But maybe they have the reduced... Um, no, it's been a long no? time. They haven't okay. had onion rings. Well, it's not a corona-related onion ring. That's fucked up then. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's that's simple. Okay, and with that... So with that, we're going to let you go. <laughs> we hope this was useful, or at least that, uh, I don't know, it made you wonder a few things. Yeah. Contact us, call us. Well, don't call us. <laughs> yeah, don't, but email us. <laughs> email us. And, uh, and well, everybody be safe, be healthy, and keep practicing. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God, there's a cat in here. <laughs>